in preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of John, chapter 4, verses 39 to 42. That's John, chapter 4, verses 39 to 42. If you have your Bibles with you, please so open them in that portion of Scripture and join me in reading God's Word. Let's all rise in reverence to the Word of God. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. Praise God for the reading of his word. We may now be seated. Savior of the world, based on John chapter 4, verses 39 to 42. The Lord explained to his disciples that his food is to do the will of the Father and to complete his mission. And we find that in John 4, 34. The ultimate mission was to suffer, die, and rise again. But within the immediate context, his food was to engage the Samaritan woman and the Samaritans from a nearby town. The people believed the woman and they confirmed their belief after engaging the Lord. Their conclusion was that he is the Savior of the world. The disciples came back to him because they looked for food and they said, Rabbi, eat. And then he said, I have food that you do not know. And they wondered what was he speaking about. Although it was a genuine concern that the disciples had that the Lord should eat because they walked for many many kilometers. But the Lord turned that into a divine lesson. My food is to do the will of Him. Now, oftentimes, we would think of food as meditating on Scripture. And we do find that. Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone, but from every word that comes from the mouth of God. And that is true. However, we are given a new angle here for us that food is actually doing his will and in this context, engaging others. And he engaged the Samaritan woman to reveal himself to her. And what was the ultimate revelation to the Samaritan woman? When the Samaritan woman spoke of a Messiah to come, Jesus said, Ego, a me, which means I am. Our translation says, I am he. 
but the original says, I am. Consistent with John's writing style of showing that Christ is God as well. Ego eimi. Our application for last Sunday was our food as well is not only to know the scriptures, but to tell others about Christ. It's to engage others, whether they agree or not. It is to proclaim the gospel. And like real food, the body longs for food. As long as a body is alive and is not sick, it longs for food. A baby knows that it needs food. And the mother has that connection with a baby. It is both an emotional, mental, and I would even dare say a soul connection. Having that feeling, oh, he's hungry. And 99% of the time, she would be correct. Even the baby knows. So every genuine believer knows that they must know the Holy Scriptures because that is God's way of revealing himself to us. But he or she must engage others about Christ. And that is food. Now what happens if we don't eat food? Well, people die after a certain time without food. Or a person must get well so that he would have the appetite back for food. Or the dead must rise. The spiritually dead must come to life finally. Why? The dead are not hungry. The dead remain dead. And they do not consume. Now, there are some people who said it's a miracle. I put pansit in the gravestone. When I come back, came back, it's all gone. I tell you, that is no miracle. Maybe there's a caretaker somewhere who was hungry. Or maybe those jogging around the place felt hungry and saw the food and maybe I'll eat it. Or somebody watching over another's grave became hungry. So... Before you claim it's a miracle that the food is eaten by the dead, I suggest you put a camera somewhere, a spy cam, so that you can see. The dead don't like the food because they don't feel anything. And I would say many pretend to be believers, but they are not. They're dead because there's no desire. There's no desire for God's word, and there's no desire to engage people Talk about the word of God. First point, the woman tells. Isn't this a generic statement? Or should we say, women tell? So brother, please do not complain to me. When you say that you told a friend a secret, and you said she said she wouldn't tell, when she becomes overly concerned with you, out of her concern, she will seek for help and she 
will tell. I'm not speaking of everyone. Some have realized, have learned to compartmentalize and forget what you told them until you bring it up again. Here the woman tells. The woman left her water jar by the well because she went to town to tell what happened. The Lord showed that he knew who she was. And uh, even if they never met before, many of them believed in him because of what she said. Now, this is consistent with what John said in chapter 2. That Jesus did not entrust himself to the people because he knew what was in them, what was in man. And men do not always have, humans do not always have the purest of motives. Some just desire the blessing, but not the one who blesses. Some may focus on the miracles, but not the Savior himself. Some would like the benefits of Christianity, and that is peddled all over TV and YouTube by false teachers, saying that you will be rich, just give me your money. Let's read verses, verse 39. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. She said, he told me, all that I ever did. Now, the Lord uses the testimonies of people who meet him. It happened in Samaria. How about today? In these days, he uses the testimonies of people who understood the gospel and experienced the work of the Spirit in their lives. Why? Because once you understand the gospel and once the Holy Spirit begins to work in your life it is distinct it is not normal it is not something that happens in normal life it's not business as usual something does happen to our minds our hearts our spirits we know something changed within for a woman to leave the jar, she came there for the water. Now, either she purposely left it, or it was just not in her mind anymore. Maybe she said, oh, I'm going to leave that, I'm going to do this first. Or, that was never in her mind, because once he said, ego me, I am the Messiah, she left. Why did she leave? Ego me, I am. They've been waiting for the restorer. That's their term for the Messiah. They've been waiting. They knew the prophecies. He knew, they knew the Messiah would restore many things. And according to her, will teach us. The Messiah will teach us. Why did she go back to town? They've been waiting for Messiah. She came there to say, is this the Christ? Speaking as a woman, because sometimes there are certain societies women must 
must speak using question form to show respect. And we do that as well to my superiors. Instead of telling my superior that I think that's wrong, I said, uh, now, isn't this a risk? Uh, maybe, don't you think we should do this? But it's up to you. And sometimes Asians talk to their superiors in a manner that is not dictative. So the woman here, perhaps even in her own life, she knew she's been a victim of so many things, and that affects your, any person's view of themselves. And then her sin was revealed. The one you're with right now is not your real husband, Jesus said, and she knew he was saying the right thing. But then even though there were those things why did she have the courage to face the town? Because I am Messiah has come. And that is why, that is why, that is the clearest in Scripture we see why she left. Well, some would say, oh, another, another a gang of Jews, which would be his disciples. A gang of Jews are here, I better leave. Well, yes, but that's not what the text stated. She left after Jesus revealed himself. When she talked about the Messiah, he said, I am. In these days, yes, the Lord can use our accounts. Now, our accounts, we may not be perfect people. Like this Samaritan woman, she was not perfect. We are not perfect, but we do not speak of ourselves. Our story speaks about Him. Our personal narration of our personal account is about Him. I do not wait till I believe that I am 90% perfect, then I can face the world about Him. Oh no, I am imperfect as I am today. But I will speak of him because he is the perfect. He is the Messiah, not me. So the woman came to town. And maybe if I were part of the town, I've been longing for Messiah to come. There were written prophecies about the Messiah. And then the woman says, I have this encounter with someone. Could he be Messiah? He revealed everything I have ever done. Everything I've ever done. So I believe, again, John was doing summary of this account. Just like John the Baptist, his account was so short, but we've we would read in, in Matthew and Luke, there, there's more to John the Baptist. But he gave a summary because John's writing style is just to reveal the most important things. Next verse, let's read verse 40. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Next point, please stay. The Samaritans initially believed what the woman testified. 
However, after engaging the Lord, the Samaritans believed. No longer simply because of her account, but because of their personal encounter, their personal engagement with the Lord. Now remember, the Lord's food was to do the Father's will. In this context, it was to engage the townspeople after he engaged the Samaritan woman. He agreed to stay because he was the Savior of the world. What does that mean? It means it includes the Samaritans. The concept Savior of the world meaning he is not only the Savior of the Jewish people. Because the prophecy is so much Jewish-centered. But the Samaritans believe he is Savior of the world. And he would prove that. The Spirit of God would prove that. And that's why Paul had to be raised as an apostle, an apostle to the Gentiles. Because many of the Jewish apostles still wanted to focus on fellow Jews. But then he's not only Savior of a particular race. He is also Savior, not only of the Jews, but also the Samaritans. Now, this is significant in biblical context. Now, you might think, uh, doesn't mean anything to me, and that's your mistake. The mission remains the same. Go and make disciples of all ethne. It's the whole world. And if you believe in Christ and follow Christ, you have to be, we have to be concerned with the evangelization of the whole world, not only here. There are some places he is not even mentioned. After two days, they reach a conclusion. And the third point was, is Savior of the world. Let's read verse 41 and 42. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. Now the Samaritans concluded that. The text revealed that they were not ignorant of the coming Savior. And that's the thing. Not only of the Jewish people, but even all of Israel. Remember that the Samaritans were part of the one kingdom of Israel. In their history, because of wars and invasion, they were not able to reestablish their kingdom. But history goes way back to the son of Solomon, Rehoboam. The king who split the kingdom. The foolish son of the wise king. Is that possible? A son can be foolish while the king can be wise. He did not listen to the elders who advised Solomon that established a strong kingdom. Rehoboam listened to his peer group. Ambitious peer group, and that divided the kingdom. Now, these people could not worship in Jerusalem because Judah, the kingdom of Judah, where we get the term Jew, the kingdom of Judah, together with the Levites, and I believe also Benjamin, worshiped in Jerusalem. 
Now the rest of Israel made holy the places where Jacob built an altar. Significant places in their history. They knew their history. There's a common history somewhere. And they knew of the coming of the Messiah. They were not ignorant. In fact, in those days, the most literate of people are Jewish people and the Israelites. Because they were required by law, by divine law, to teach their children the commandments. To write it down. During that day, not everybody writes. They just, it's just sounds. They talk. Because it's difficult to write. There was no paper. But they were to write it. That was a commandment to Jewish parents and to Israelite parents. Therefore, this carried on. In parts of history, some would say, some historians would say, where in the world can a carpenter argue with a priest? It's the Jewish nation. Because they're literate. They read, they analyze. And the priests are used to doing that. Even when the time when Jesus was 13, there was an account where he was discussing with the doctors of the law. They welcomed that. In fact, they welcomed discussions about the law again and again. And that made this nation quite intelligent. Now, even the Samaritans have read they've been waiting for. Why did they want to engage the Lord? Probably to talk about Old Testament scripture. Probably to talk about what's going to happen now. Now, in our present Christianity, we are lacking intelligence. We are more emotional. Huh? So our lingo is very emotional. I felt him. The woman did not say, come, I have felt him. He did not talk about a deeply emotional experience. He, she said, what? What did you say? Is this the Christ? When she was talking with Jesus, what was the discussion about theology? Is this the place to worship or Jerusalem? This is no ignorant woman who just thinks about her own feelings. Oh, no, 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 no. Because the people there were intelligent. They're literate. They can explain, they can discuss. And our prayer in today's church is we would learn, study, analyze scripture. Not more on emotionalism. Although the Lord can use our emotions, but that's not the focal point. Never is the focal point. Although it is mentioned in different parts of scripture... That there is such a thing as the joy of the Lord, and that is such a thing as the fruit of the Spirit that includes joy. That was never the focal point of the evangelism of the gospel proclamation. That was not the focal point. The focal point was what? The suffering, death, and resurrection. For what? For redemption, for justification, for us sinners who could not pay. And what was the focal point? We must turn away, regardless of what you feel or not, regardless if there's a benefit or not. But there is. 
they concluded Jesus Savior of the world. Let's read that, 41 and 42 again. And many more believed because of his word. Why did they believe? Because of his word. Did they believe because of, oh, he's, he's such a handsome guy. Did they believe because, oh, he's such a charismatic speaker. Did they believe because he's a gang leader of 12? I mean, I, I picture it. He looked like a gang leader walking around. And disciples who are defensive. Remember when somebody tried to arrest him? One of them drew the sword, cut the ear. Pah! I mean, he's not thinking like a gang leader. The members think they're gang. <laughs> no, 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 no. They believe because of his word. Because of what he explained. And we have to come back to a Christianity that believes in the word. And they said to the woman... It is no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. Amazing. Were they disregarding the statement of the woman? No, no, no. It, it's like some one of you tell me, this place is a good restaurant. And I try it. And they I receive a text. What do you think? I didn't want to answer it. Because I believe this person, when I ate there, it wasn't true. However, there are times when somebody, somebody recommends me and I try it, it's really good. So what do I say? Uh, I believed you at first, but now I truly believe because I tried it for myself. Now, they believe the woman. It's on record they believe the woman, but they said, no longer because of what you said. Ah, we believe because we heard for ourselves. What did they hear? His word. His word. That is the focus. And one commentary said, it's like this. It's receiving, using John's words, it's like receiving the word from the word. He is the word of God, the living word. And they were receiving the word from the word. They believed. Their understanding of the Savior, although the Samaritans, is a little bit different from the Jews. Again, the Jews were limited to the nation of Israel. For they believe that the Messiah is Savior of the world, the Samaritans. John the writer should also write in the book, would also write in the book of Revelations that he sacrificed for, Jesus sacrificed for people from every language, tribe, and nation. Do we have that? Let's put up Revelations 5 verses 9 to 10. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. 
For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And they have, you have made them a kingdom and preached to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. This is the future. Now, what was this? A song, a song that depicts a situation. What, what's the situation? Men and women from every tribe, tongue, tongue means language, and nation will be worshiping him. It also says here, he ransomed, he paid for people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. I think this is the meaning of Savior of the world. So we believe that God has called and chosen people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. But we were called to harvest. We need to participate either by going, giving, or praying. But the Samaritans understood Christ is an inclusive Savior. Not just a Savior for one. Application. We share our testimony. The Samaritan woman narrated to the people of the town about her encounter with the Lord. We should as well, if we understand who he is. He is Christ, the Savior of the world. Now, why should we narrate our account? Well, because everyone should meet him. Right now, we don't have the physical Savior body of Christ here. But when we tell the story, it's even much better because the Spirit is with us. And how do people encounter Him? Through the Word of God and through the Spirit of God. As they learn and hunger and thirst for Him. In this case, they were, what? Messiah could be there? And I, I think one good point that the woman left the jar intentionally or unintentionally. I don't know. But she left the jar. She seemed to be in a hurry, right? Because she left the jar. Some of you won't leave the jar. Oh, I came here to get water, so I have to get the water back, right? No, but why was she in a hurry? It seemed she was in a hurry, and I can conclude she was in a hurry. And it is highly probable so that the Samaritans would meet him before they leave. Remember, they were in a journey, okay? And that was a temporary stop. So when the, he, she told the Samaritans, there's a guy who told me everything about me. Now it's not, you know, it's somebody tried to do that miracle, you know? No, I'm not saying this cannot happen, but because the, the word of knowledge and wisdom, it is biblical. But somebody tried that lady from there. And she, he has an earpiece, okay? And somebody looking at the social media accounts. Your name is this. And you're, you're praying for somebody like this, and this, and this. Manufactured, fabricated, Oh, there was even a place of worship where they claimed gold dust came out. 
fantastic. That's why we should be skeptically open. Huh? You know, you're open. Maybe it's from God, but let's be skeptical. So what did they do? They got the dust and had it tested. Because if it's heavenly, then it should be real gold, right? No, it was plastic. Does God give plastic gold? Foolishness. But we can share our genuine testimony without additions or subtractions, without inflation. This was me. By God's grace, I understood the gospel. Spirit of God worked in me. This is me now. And try to focus on what's relevant to the gospel. Focus less on what? Your emotionalism. Next, engage the word directly. Well, the Samaritans engage Christ directly. We don't have Christ today. We have the Spirit of Christ, but He reveals Himself through His Word, which is the Bible. The people believe because they engage the Lord directly. They heard His Word and they believed His Word. Today, we must engage His Word, and we must lead others to engage His Word. It is through the reading, study, and explanation of the Word that people would meet Him. And third, reach the world. The Samaritans stated that he is the savior of the world. John wrote in Revelations that he died for people from every tongue, tribe, and nation. Christ is for all people. The apostles worked on reaching the world. We should participate in proclaiming Christ all over the world. If some of you are thinking of working somewhere around the world, don't go there as somebody who is just looking for work. Don't go just because you want, you want more provision for your family. That's, that's okay. We, we, we are led to do these things because of such need. But remember, there is a purpose for everything. There's a purpose that never changes. That if we truly believe him like the Samaritan woman, we will proclaim Christ. We will make disciples, and through technology, we can now help each other, even though if you are very far. The first world, once the source of missionaries, have become the mission field now. Europe, the history of Christianity, America as well, they're becoming the mission field right now. They're reverting to ancient Rome. What is ancient Rome? Anything goes. Anything goes. Everything is accepted. Right and wrong depends upon you. Just follow the law. And that was it. And that was the mission field of the early church. The Roman Empire then, before it broke up, was a mission field. After it broke up, it was still a mission field. But after many years, they become the source of missionaries. Now we have to go there prepared. I give you, again, a poem called Testify. The Samaritan testified. They believed, but they verified. The invitation he received, they heard his word and they believed. The Lord's people should testify so that others may verify, persuade them his word to receive, 
Pray that his word they would believe. Christ is the Savior of the world. Let us preach the gospel we heard from the Jewish to the Gentiles, includes all languages and tribes. Thus, let us plan to testify, challenge people to verify through the gospel and through his word, and none of us should be deterred. And it's all right, and let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord. They believe this word. Teach us to believe your word. And transform our way of thinking. May it be aligned to scripture. Transform our, our way of reading and studying. Teach us not to put our own context in explaining the meaning. And try our best to set aside our biases. Let us fight our biases, but learn the scriptures thoroughly as the authors intended. And clearly, John would say, the Samaritans believe this word. And he will keep saying it. Of those who would believe, they would believe his word. Such an important phrase. Thank you, Lord. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. God's people say, Amen. Amen. Good morning. God bless you.